What is up, the future and young fam? Hey guys, it's Thanksgiving this day, so I just wanted to give a quick shout out to all of you guys, everyone that listens to this podcast, everyone that's interacted with it, everyone that shared it, liked it, listened to it, done whatever. I just want to thank you guys for listening. It truly means a lot that there is a group of people that actually care to listen to what I have to say. So thank you guys for listening. Um, since it is Thanksgiving and that uh, Thanksgiving break and that time of year, I wanted to take a quick week away from podcasting, from recording, from everything. So I'm kind of doing this episode a little bit ahead of time. Um, but I wanted to replay an episode that really meant a lot to me and that I'm really thankful for. And this is an interview that I did with my dad. He's a really smart guy and he's had a lot of cool experiences. So I thought it would be a great opportunity for me to reshare one of my favorite episodes with you guys. And I really hope you guys take something from this content. So thank you guys for listening. And without further ado, this week on The Future and Young, my dad and I sit down and have a great conversation about leadership. Let's go. future and young, where we are determined to develop tomorrow's leaders today. And today we have a a pretty special guest. Um, It's our first interview. And I thought, what better person to bring on than my own dad? Uh, His name is Michael Foley. And I'm just going to let him introduce himself. So dad, go and tell the audience, the people who you are. Well, Carson, I appreciate the opportunity, and it's an honor and privilege to be here uh, just to, to talk about leadership uh, with your listeners. Um, like Carson said, my name's Mike Foley, um, and I have uh, been in um, business for roughly 25 years. So I spent over 20 years in the biotech industry, spent three and a half years in healthcare IT, uh, currently lead a sales organization of my own where I have 12 associates in eight states. And you know, operating at a very high level and, you know, at the end of the day, trying to invest in them to make them better every every single day and to aspire and help them achieve the dreams that they have. That's awesome. So lots of experience managing people, lots of experience helping people become their maximum potential. So uh, that's awesome. And so last week I kind of dove into things that I had problems with, you know, like what I had issues with when looking at the world, looking at corporate America, looking at different things. And one of the things was this idea of entitlement, laziness, uh, over expectation, stuff like that. And so and a lot of that's tied to the millennial age group, you know, those 21 to 35 year olds, that, that bracket. And so what is your current thought on, on that age group, those those people? It's an interesting thought, and I've had a ton of experience managing in the age group. If, if you just want to talk at a high level, so it's always important that we don't label an entire people group, right? And so we don't want to label all millennials as being lazy or entitled. But that being said, if, if you think about where a lot of the millennials came from. They came from parents who worked tirelessly to provide for them because they remember their parents being through the Great Depression, not having any money. So they, in turn, went full pendulum the other way, going to work hard, save up, provide for my family. And so then you get an age group that they didn't really understood what it meant to work tirelessly to achieve something, to have goals and, and to achieve those things um, without the support of others. So they're reliant on others to help them, which is their parents, to achieve their their goals. But what you, you also learn about, though, the millennial 
group as a whole. And what I love about them is they have a huge sense of community and connectedness. Um, a lot about social justice. And so there's this, this, this beautiful aspect of the group to where they want to be tightly connected with each other, um, which is awesome. But there's, there's a disconnected piece of that is tied to that, that they don't necessarily know how to go and grasp the, the dreams um, that they've held for themselves. And so you have a dichotomy a little bit. So a little bit on the entitlement side, but then also highly connected. And so not really knowing how to go do those things that, um, that they want for themselves. Yeah. And so, I mean, you're talking about like how they love to be connected and social media is bringing that. And, you know, when you're even seeing it currently in the education system with the idea of group projects rather than tests. And so the way the world's kind of adapting to the way that they've kind of set their course and they're affecting how we as a society are acting. And how do you think that is now affecting the American workforce? So post-college, post all of that, how is that idea of um, being connected, being, you know, fighting for things, stuff like that? How is that affecting our current American workforce? It's it's an a very interesting thought because, and I, I can tell you firsthand, especially being in the healthcare IT side of the world. So you deal in healthcare IT to where you have to be very focused on every aspect of your of your business and your customer. Um, it's very complicated. There's lots of moving parts. So when that happens, you have to have people dedicated to their art. Uh, so if their art is engineering, consulting, sales, whatever it is, they have to be solely dedicated to that during those eight to 12 hours that they're working because if they don't, they're not going to get their customer across the finish line. They're not going to be able to serve as a customer because of the connectedness that they want to have in social media, um, in the video gaming aspect and lots of different things. What you find is they're distracted during the day. They want to get on twist, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. They want to be connected with all these people outside of work and it, it enables them or disables them to be effect, truly effective in, in what they do every day. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they want to be connected and they're distracted. Right. And that's a big thing is distraction and taking their focus off into other areas. But that's like I feel like that's a, a common characteristic among like all people like humans, like we're just distracted people in general. So when you find people that are uh, that work for you or have worked for you in the past and they're distracted, how have you found yourself managing those people uh, differently than you would manage someone who's motivated, who has drive, who has focus, who's, you know, going to accomplish something. How do you manage those people differently and what characteristics and uh, what things have you done to manage those people? Yeah, it's, it's a good question because let's just talk about people in general. When you manage people, every person has a different currency. You have to figure out what's their currency, what's important to them, what, what drives them. Um, if you, when you talk about coaching people, you, the best way to coach people is you have them set the goals they have for themselves. And as a manager, your job then is to steer them to keep them inside the rails and to help them achieve the goals that they set for themselves. So if I have millennials that are highly, they want to be highly connected in the workplace, they're distracted. You know, So one of the ways that I'll manage that is pull them aside and we'll set up a plan for them that, hey, what, what do you want to achieve in the next six months? What are the goals that you have personally for the next year, five years? What do you want to achieve professionally while you're in our organization? And then together develop a plan. It's like, okay, if we want to achieve these things together, if, if you're going to aspire to these great things that you want to do, we can't have you being distracted on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. While you're here, 
you need to be connected in with, with your customers. So, so take that connectedness piece uh, that you want to have and, and pull it away from the outside world and bring it into the inside world where you have real communication with customers. Uh, so we'll reframe it for them, but we'll always within the context of let's help you achieve the hopes and dreams that you've set for yourself. Gotcha. So, I mean, your whole thing's like, you know, achieving, like let's, let's aim your focus for achieving. And, you know, that's great. But how do you get someone to that mindset? Set and how do you motivate them to to want to achieve the thing that you've set them? Like if your goal is the sale, how do you mo- motivate them internally to actually pursue the sale rather than just sit at home and do whatever? Now it's again, it's a good question, and it's it's one of those things that as a leader and a manager, I think what we have to realize is we can't actually motivate anyone. What our job is as a leader and manager is to, ins- to inspire people, inspire people to achieve greatness. Um, if a person is not motivated, um, you can't as a person um, get them to want to get up every single day and go to work and work to eight to 12 hours a day and then come home. It's just, it's in them or it's not. Um, what you find in millennials is they haven't had enough life adversity to create that in, you know, intrinsic motivation that's inside. And so some of that is just life has to happen for some people before they have that internal motivation. Um, but if you want to inspire somebody, you know, I think that as leaders, what we have to do is lead by example. We have to get up every day and show our teams what what excellence looks like. Um, you know, we have to own every aspect and in teaching our, our teams to own every aspect of everything that we do, um, whether it's in sales, in engineering, whether it's in social media, um, inside organizations, um, you know, or business ops, whatever it happens to be that we are excellent in everything they do. But that starts with us as leaders modeling that for our teams every day. Yeah. So just leading by example, doing what you tell them to do, not just, you know, being on a podcast, telling the people do X, Y, and Z, but actually following through and doing those things is super important to like not motivating people, but to inspire people. And I think that's huge is not just telling people to do something and saying it's a good thing, but rather have them feel that it's a good thing. Yeah, and it's a good point. So let me give you a real life example. So um, on the sales side in healthcare IT, we had this really um, a, a complicated client that was in um, out west in a major city, um, and we, you know, I had a team member that was assigned to that account, but didn't necessarily know the intricacies required to actually help this customer. And so my job is to come alongside them and not you know just throw them into the deep end. And and watch them fail because if they fail that customer, they're failing us as an organization as well. That's a lose-lose situation. So my job then as leaders come beside them and walk them through the process because chances are it's it's not that they want to fail, it's just they don't know how to succeed. So my job as a leader is to walk beside them and help them achieve the things that they want to do. But the issue is they just don't how to don't know how to do it for the first time. Mm-hmm. So that's my job as leaders. Like let me show you how to be successful, right? I'm going to teach you to fish so that you can later fish on your own. Yeah, and I mean I feel like that 
that builds um, momentum. And so they you work alongside of them and they learn and then they close whatever client that, that wants the product. And then they feel now confident in their ability and they take what you've told them and then they go out. And now because of that, they're inspired by what you've taught them and by their own capabilities. And I think that's huge is that, you know, you're teaching them things and they now own what you've taught them. And so they're inspired by their own capabilities, knowing that they can actually do the job. Right. And, and what we don't think about then is the ramifications around the organization, because it's not like if I just help one associate be successful, that that happens in a vacuum. It's when that associate now is successful, they, they share that knowledge. You know, one of the things I've always encouraged my team to do is, you know, you share the pool of knowledge. There's, I always say that, you know, we may not have all the answers, but the answers are in this room. Somebody in this room has the answer that we need. And so when you bring an associate and you bring them along and you allow them to be successful, you develop their skill set, they will then in turn, good associates will help others be successful as well. And so it just leads to a very good spiral of excellence when you have that happening. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, with that, you also kind of get this, this chase of you let an associate to close and they close that sale. So then you have all these other guys that are trying to chase them and push them and chase them and push them and everyone's pushing each other and you just get this really nice scenario where everyone's striving for excellence together. And I, I feel like that's a really good place to be in. It is. And it's, and it's, you know, it's called healthy competition and which is fantastic. And again, so for, you know, talking about the millennials in that age group, they, they've never really understood what that really looks like in the real world. It's they, you know, some have lived in this kind of this false world where everyone gets their own piece of whatever. And in a real world, you have to earn everything that you get. No one's going to hand you anything. And so teaching folks and guiding folks in business principles in the real world, you have to go perform every single day to achieve the things that you want to do. And nothing's ever going to be handed to you. So, you know, developing this really healthy competition within your teams is is really excellent um, as far as watching the development of the organization. Yeah. And I think that's huge. And so, you know, looking at kind of the target audience of what this podcast is, right, that that age group where middle school to high school, we're trying to develop future leaders. What would you recommend that they do? Like what I would do today, what should I do today in order to set myself up for success um, in areas where maybe the age group above me failed? So what can I do today to start setting myself up for success? It is it is the million dollar question. And I always think about, you know, what would I go back and tell my young self? You know, so um, I'm somewhere above 40 years old. So I've had a <laughs> life of experience. Just a few years. In just a few years. And so, what you know, what are some of the things that I, I would tell my young self if I were in middle school, in high school? I, I would tell myself a few things. I would I would tell myself that don't let anyone in life tell you what you can and cannot achieve. Each of us are gifted with um, skill sets um, and, um, you know, these these personality traits that are very unique to any of us. And, you know, there will always be people in your life that will be naysayers. Don't listen to the noise. 
So inside of you, know what you want to achieve. But then the flip side of that, and what I would tell my younger self is you have to be the hardest working person in the room. And it's a little bit about where um, I would say the younger generation gets it wrong a little bit because, um, you know, there's this dichotomy of, of thought to where, you know, just, you know, let's not confuse effort with results. So there's a lot of people that are acting like they're accomplishing things. But if you really look behind the strings of what they're doing, they're really not doing anything but being busy. What I would tell my younger self is you have to make every day count. You have to get better every day. You have to, I would say, you have to own your art. You know, so it doesn't matter if you're playing sports, if you're a baseball player, it doesn't matter if you're in band, it doesn't matter if you want to aspire to be an accountant or an attorney or a sales you know, person or whatever it is. If you want to be the CEO of a, of a company, you have to find a way to improve your skill set every single day because in in Carson, we've talked about this, you know, in the past, it's, you know, there is someone behind the scenes working harder than you that has less skill than you do working to take your job. So even if you're highly skilled, you have to be the hardest working person that you know, if you want to get the leg up on your competition and what the others are doing. So that's, those are some of the things I would tell my younger self, you know, don't let someone tell you what you can achieve. You know, be the hardest working person in a room, but ultimately you have to have an idea within yourself of what you want to achieve. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest motivators or inspirations for me as a as a young kid growing up was, you know, I was in baseball and everything and knowing that there was other people better than me out there pushed me to become better because I knew that someone else was working harder. And you, I mean, you told me that over and over and over again, we'd go out on the field and you'd be like, there's someone working twice as hard as you you know, to take your spot. And I kind of saw that as I grew up in, in baseball and I, you know, didn't get positions. I didn't make teams because I, I wasn't working as hard as I should have been. And there were other people pushing themselves to the limit. And so I think that's, that's a big thing is, you know, knowing other people are working twice as hard as you, it should motivate you and push you and inspire you to become better, to become more efficient. It is. And, you know, it's, it's a really good point. And it's another aspect. If you think about like this young worker that's out there in the millennials, um, you know, what, what happened many times is they will face adversity and quit. Right. So in a sports world, it's like we uh, and we've talked about it, Carson is like, you know, it's like we don't fail. We learn. And so when we hit the roadblock, it's like, what did we learn during the roadblock? How, how do we get better from it? What did we learn and how do we iterate and change in our behavior so it doesn't happen again and I can find success in it? But what you'll find many times um, is when adversity hits someone and they don't have that in- inherent um, willingness to go the extra mile and work hard and be diligent and own their art is they'll give up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just keep going, push keep going, be diligent in it. Yeah. I think that's huge. So, um, the last kind of question and, you know, statistic I kind of have for you today is the, the idea that five out of 10 millennials think that they're going to be millionaires, right? This statistic, I, I think it's wild. 50% of millennials think that they're going to be millionaires. So what does this show you? I mean, not just about that age group, but about the mindset of the world, the mindset of our society. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that I've heard the same thing. And what's interesting about it 
um, it is that it comes from a person who has that mindset has no respect for how hard it is to become a millionaire. And so I'll give you an example of it. Um, a couple of different examples. I heard this um, on the radio that a person, so we've all heard about Wes Welker. He played for New England Patriots. He was awesome. And a person got on the radio and said, well, this wide receivers are Wes Welker. I was like, no, they're not. Because there's only one Wes Welker. He was that awesome, gifted, and great. And it's like, so that person had no respect of truly what Wes Welker's skill sets were to, to arbitrarily say that we have a wide receiver that is just like it. No, you don't. And it's just like people say that they want to be millionaires. It's like if you had any idea on how hard it truly is to become a millionaire in a highly competitive workplace that is um, becoming, um, you know, more and more... I would say disconnected on levels um, and, and siloed in some aspects, which we need to get away from. Um, you know, it is just really hard to become a millionaire, especially if you have no plan, if you don't have the work ethic, if you're not willing to pay the price. Um, you know, we had some associates that, you know, if you would ask them, they would say the same thing. You know, what's your goals in life? I want to be a millionaire. I want to buy a big house. I want to live in Malibu. I want to do all these things. It's like, so what's your plan? It's like, oh, no, it's I don't I don't know. I haven't really thought about the plan. It's just these are things I want. And I'm like, you know, without a plan, you know, without some some goal to achieve, like every single day, I got I to gotta get better one step closer to my goal. But without goals, you're never going to achieve anything. And certainly without a goal, you'll never be a millionaire. Yeah. And one of the things I'm finding, like on Twitter, you you open up the app. What do you see? Pictures of cars, pictures of houses, pictures of watches, right? People are in love with the reward. They aren't in love with the process. And so I think one of the biggest things that I hope my my next generation growing up is that they fall in love with the process rather than the reward of the process because you never get to the reward, right? If you don't have the work ethic, like you said, if you don't uh, have a plan, you never get to the reward. And while that might be a goal, I don't think that should be why you should achieve certain things. You should fall in love with the process of creating, the process of owning, the process of managing, you know, falling in love with those processes in order to obtain the reward later in life, having that long-term mindset. Yeah, you know? it's, you've heard a saying, you know, don't don't chase the money, chase the dream. And it's a little bit misplaced. It's, it's actually chase the goal. Right. So so I mean, and so if you would see a lot of our folks, they chase the dream, the big the watches, the cars, the house, the the European vacation or whatever, whatever it's going to be. It's like they're chasing the dream. You guys, you got to go chase the goal. You have to put something out there and it's like work tirelessly every single day. It's like if I achieve that, then I'm going to set another one and I'm going to set another one. And every single day I have a goal for the day. I got a goal for the week. You know, in sales, we have a weekly goal. We have a, a quarterly goal. We have a yearly goal and every single week we reset. It's a new week. Every quarter we reset. It's a new quarter. We have to aspire to greatness and have increasing quarters if we want to have a great year. And so you have to do that in your life. It's like, don't chase the money. Absolutely right. But if you chase the goals and if you set great goals for yourself um, and you achieve those things, you're eventually going to achieve the dream. Yeah. And one of the things I've I've, I've talked about on the podcast before, like with, with setting goals and those goals is that you need to set some goals that are very achievable. Some you need to push yourself for and some that are almost impossible to achieve. That way you, you kind of have that that feeling that you're achieving something when you achieve those small goals. And I I'm talking like as little as making your bed in the morning, waking up when your alarm goes off small. But then having goals, you know, whether it's it professionally that you want to get this promotion, what does the process look like to get that promotion, following that process to get the promotion that one day maybe you can own your own business 
be the CEO of the company you currently work for and having those huge goals. So that way you're always working towards something. Cause one of the issues I'm seeing too, is that people are just becoming stagnant, complacent, you know, they're not trying to progress, you know, in their career or anything because they don't want to, it's too much work. So like, what are your thoughts on the idea of stagnation, not, not pushing yourself to your full potential? I think it goes back to, and I, I think that we see it a lot. Um, like I said, I've been in biotech for over 20 years um, in three and a half in healthcare IT. And what I will tell you is stagnant um, sales forces produce no results. And eventually it'll, it'll lead to you uh, finding a new job on your own or finding a new job as a result of the company wanting to go a new direction. So the last thing that you want to do is be stagnant. But but I, I go back to um, the thought, so what, why are the folks stagnant? What is it about it that's happened in their careers that, that caused them to be stagnant? I think it's a couple of things. One is um, they don't set um, goals or stress goals for themselves, right? So so they get bored. They're, 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 they have no direction. They lack any direction. And so they're not setting goals. I think the other side, though, too, is so you take a high performing sales associate who wants to aspire to be a manager or go into marketing or or these things and they'll interview for one job, not get it and quit. They'll quit looking. And then when they quit looking, then they and because they've achieved what they've done on the sales side, then their performance becomes lackluster and, and they they, uh, they basically quit um, the entire process. And what I would say is you you can't. You can't give up on what you're aspiring to. Had I given up um, being, you know, in, in a manager position, I got overlooked seven or eight different times uh, during my career for sales jobs. But I interviewed every single time, and it's critical because I learned something about myself every single single time a, a regional manager said no to me. I learned something about some skill set I was lacking, something I could improve on, and like we talked about, um, when we we never fail, we're always learning. I had six or seven opportunities to learn something different about myself before I would actually get to a place to where a person would take a risk on me. And again, we'll say, you know, Mike, we're going to give you a shot um, because you you have bettered yourself through the process. And so when you have stagnant folks, it's because they've lost faith in a dream, lost hope in the dream. And so what we need to do as leaders is, is let's just point people back to what their dreams are and what they, they hope to aspire to be and just kind of reignite um, the energy behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And with each new, uh, you know, no, with every time you were told no, you gain first the knowledge of what you needed to prove improve on. Right. And then like watching you from a son point of view, you were able to improve, you know, in your in your business life and you were able to improve those skills that then allowed you to get to the position you are today. Right. right. So you were in sales a long time ago, you were told no, you improved in your capability to close a sale. You improved in certain areas, which led you to where you are today and to get, you know, whether it's promotions or getting good, you know, help from people, you were just able to do more with those experiences. Yeah. It's, you know, if, if you look, if I just look back on life a little bit, and I look to where I am now, you know, there were always people in my life that were naysayers. There were always people in my life saying, you know, you can't do this. They're not going to hire someone like you. They're looking for this science, you know, this skill set. Um, and so there's always people, you know, in the, in the background. And I just call it noise. And it's just noise. It's just people who are saying that things can't happen while there's people in the room doing it every single day. The other thing, too, that what we have to learn from is all of us at times in our life, we suffer from fear, uncertainty, and doubt. 
right? The FUD, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And again, it's the noise. It's like you have to surround yourself with people um, that are investing in you and, and helping you get better every single day. You know, I've always said that as leaders, we don't get where we are on our own. Someone pulled us up along the way, and we have responsibility as leaders to do the same for folks that we are serving as leaders, is we pull them up and allow them to be the best that they can be so they can achieve the things that they want because someone is invested in us to help us achieve the things that we wanted to do as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, I, I've seen that in my life, people helping me become better in school, becoming better in sports, becoming better professionally, different things, mentors, I mean, like you, uh, like other mentors that I have, just helping me become the man I am today. And so um, with that, I want you just to give one piece of advice, right, to either the middle school, high school age group or to any anybody, just applicable advice that they could use today to better themselves. One piece of one piece of advice that is so simple and it is so easy. Get better every day. Just just find the thing that you want to achieve in your life and get better every day. If you take a baby step every day at the end of the year, we've taken 365 steps in, in 10 years. It's 3,650 steps. I mean, we, you will be taking leaps. And what you'll find is if you take steps every day to achieve greatness, there will come a time in your life to where those steps, you'll start jogging. We go from walking to jogging to running to leaping, right? So things will accelerate. You know, they say it takes 10,000 um, repetitions to master anything. Let's go take 10,000 steps. Go get better every single day at your art, whatever it happens to be. Love it. Well, Dad, thank you for coming on the podcast and being the first person to get interviewed by the future and young. So I appreciate everything. Um, and thanks for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure. And would love to do it again. We'll see you guys Thursday. Damn.